Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to LMTPod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... A day of redemptions at Bramall Lane for you. Erling Haaland missed a penalty and then made up for it with the opening goal. Kyle Walker gave away the equaliser and then made up for it with his part in the winner. Good game? Bad game? Something in between? Let's find out. You're listening to Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, yeah, it? hello. Um, all right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, good. It was good to be back at a game. I was going to say good to be back it. in the saddle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um and I don't know, look, I don't want to overpromise in case this podcast is in fact rubbish, but I feel like there'll be a difference between having got up at five in the morning, Australia time to watch a game and then going, yeah. And then like the difference to actually going and being part of it. And I was very enthusiastic about the whole day and the game itself. So yeah, um, I'm good. Game was good. Let's crack on. Yeah. Um, first things first, let's uh, let's address the massive elephant in the room here. Um, Guardiola now the fastest manager to 200 Premier League wins. Is he? Is he, though? Wasn't there, uh, was well, he? He, w- he will be in, like, three weeks or whenever they're back <laughs> in the international break. Uh, yeah, it is a bit of a weird one, that, isn't it? Um, but... He picked the team. As, but, he picked the yeah, team. Well, he, he, not, he directed the subs. That, but like, as Juan Marleo said, like, the only thing that was missing was, like, him in body. Like, he was there. He goes, he was basically there the whole time. Um, like the same influence over everything um, like during the week in terms of training and stuff um, obviously the analysis is taken care of by some other people as well as Pep but it was just exact, it's just exactly the same same as normal the only thing that would have been different was like the team talks before and after but he doesn't always say much to them anyway um, before after and obviously during at half time um, so yeah I don't know it's a weird one because he wasn't there it's 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 more so you know if if the two hundredth game had come in like a month, then nobody would go. Actually, he wasn't there for one of the games. But because like the two hundredth game is the one he wasn't there for, it just seemed a bit weird. Mm. But yeah, I think he was he was basically as as Juan Mar says he was basically there the whole time. Yeah. Did you see? Um, you might not have seen from the bench, but uh, Sky Sports found a moment where uh, it looked like uh, Leo just took the the the, um, the AirPods out of his ears and passed them to someone else, and was just like, "You deal with him. Good. Just you deal with him." <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I saw it on Match of the Day two this morning, um, and he also. I think I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining it or reading too much into it. But I'm sure there was like when the question was asked and obviously then translated. I'm sure there was like a little flicker, you know, in terms of like how much have you spoken to Pep or whatever, or like how much was he involved during the game. I'm sure there was a little flicker of yeah, fuck me, he was never off the phone. Um, <laughs> but you, you can only imagine, like you know how like kind of insecure he is and like muscle memories of like my muscle memory. Like every time, like City, not every time because it didn't happen much, but there was like a couple of times when like City gave the ball away. I just instinctively like look down to the technical area to see like if Guardiola was like crouched down or going mad or something obviously he wasn't there at all but you can imagine that like that must be so magnified when he's 
got even less control because I guess the feeling is when he's in the stadium, he hasn't got much control anyway. Yeah. But you can you can kind of rant and rave and and try and affect things obviously directly by telling them what to do. But when you can't be there, I'm sure I'm sure it wasn't good for him. Yeah, uh, that, I'm, sure, uh, that, I'm sure he struggles. That that morphine pump will have got a right pressing in the last five, fifteen minutes or so, on it. <laughs> I think they might. They'd have been checking the labels on it, going, "Does this work? <laughs> Is this out of date?" Uh, uh, let's talk about the performance then in uh, in general, because um, I mean it's pretty clear from the opening of the podcast which way which side of the fence you fall on. Um, a, a lot of people weren't happy with it for a long long time. Um, it was it was it, a bit forest away, wasn't it? Yeah, but Forest Away was really good. And the only reason that people were annoyed afterwards, well, there was two reasons. Obviously, one was... Um, but in fact, now, because I remember... It's it's funny, I messaged you yesterday. So at the brief, the brief period when it was one all, I said, we didn't get to do a Forest Away podcast because that was the brief gap, wasn't it, in between why I always was finishing and then just starting again after Leipzig. And I was like, but at least we got to do it this time. But I, I remember getting on the train after that and people were like, they were talking to me about the game and talking to each other about like, I can't, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember if they were saying our oh, city was shit or whatever, or they needed this and they needed that. But I was like, they were really good. Like they played really well. Like, it's just, they had one shot, some bad defending. and But like, it was even more, like Forrest, there was even more clear chances, wasn't there? Like that Foden one when he was running through on goal, that was that was mad. And Haaland missed a, like, an even bigger sitter, didn't he, against against Forrest? That was just one of those days. Um, but it's like, well, what, what can you say? But then the other issue with why people were annoyed about that was because they'd just beaten Arsenal. And then you just you were never sure if they were ever going to get that consistency back. And then lo and behold, they cracked some heads together after that game and said, we can't do this. Like Rodri talked about it. Like, we can't play like that and let teams off the hook. We need to sort it out. And then, lo and behold, Rodri banged in the winner yesterday in exactly the same circumstances. He's a bit of um, a one for that, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he, I know because he tried a few, didn't he, at the start of the second half? Like, I, I, yeah, I was thinking, why? Like, he's, he's obviously not. It's he keeps hitting it from range, and I'm like, mm, it's it's not working for him today. And then, like that one fell. That was his left foot as well, wasn't it? I was just like, yeah, wow, and top what corner. A, what, a, that. what a strike! It was so clean. I mean, we're kind we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a bit, but after the game. Like obviously, like all the Sheffield United like fans or journalists or media people or whatever, not were kind of like, oh, you know, it was so close to getting a result or whatever. Like, oh, and one guy was like, oh, you know, Foden's miscontrolled that. It's so unlucky. And I was like, you talking about luck? Like, you're talking about luck? <laughs> Are you fucking joking? But like before that, and it's not even again. I said I watched match of the day two this morning. Before um, the equaliser, City created a, an even better chance where Foden did. Like bring it down brilliantly and gave it to Alvarez and Alvarez put it over the bar with his left foot yeah. and he should have scored that um, but yeah I mean we, we, we fast forwarded to the bit where there was loads of chances but um, as a as a game itself like, I, just, I, I genuinely like, I wonder myself if I'm being contrary sometimes on purpose but I genuinely don't understand why there was so much like panic about it or just un, unhappiness with it or we need this we need that Like so I, I did a little video for TikTok and Instagram, just to say, you know, this podcast is coming and to give you a bit of a vibe of, of how it was going to go. But I do think it's a valid point. Like, if you compare it to, let's say, Liverpool from last season, they had loads of issues. They didn't get in the Champions League. Some fans are not sure if Klopp is still any good. They're not happy with the board for not bringing in the right players. They brought in some players. They want to see how it goes. So, obviously, you've got all those insecurities from last season and it's all predicated on how does this season start? You know, are we better now? Is Sobislai going to be any good? Like, is Nunes going to be any good? Is Klopp still fighting for us? Whatever. 
but then if they had a bad start to the season, like if they'd lost to Newcastle yesterday, the fans would have easily been like, oh, you know, well, it's been a crap start. You know, I'm not, I'm very worried. If you talk about or think about the football phone-ins or like maybe the tweets or whatever, there'll be people worried about it. And that's based on like the insecurities from last season. So I see you've just won the treble. And they're like, they're doing their thing that they've done for three years against a newly promoted team that are just sitting back and defending and playing five men at the back. And it's half time. And City, like I said, they, they hadn't created lots of chances, but they created the Alvarez chance, which was a good save. Obviously, the penalty. Um, I think that the, penalties a, are, the penalties want to highlight a little bit because um, it's well, that very easy. Really good chance well, that, that's it. It's it very easy. For, yeah, it's very easy for people to say, uh, yeah, but it was a penalty. It was a, it was a free shot from from twelve yards, and you're like, well, if he if if the handball hadn't have happened, it was going straight to Harland in the six yeah, yard box. And it's not yeah. like somebody like crossed it from the byline to, towards like the edge of the box and it hit somebody's arm. Or you know, like the Liverpool penalty in the Champions League final against Spurs, yeah. where it's like that's that nothing's happening with that. Or even the pen, the Liverpool penalty. I'm not picking on Liverpool today. Please do. Um, the Liverpool fine. penalty against City in the um, Community Shield final last year, when it hit Diaz, it was going. Header was going wide, and they gave him a penalty for handball. It's like, well, that that was going to that was going to be a goal kick, and now you've got a, now you've got a goal. Like, how make that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, um, Grealish played a great pass down to Alvarez. Alvarez had cut it back, and Haaland would I don't know probably missed yesterday, but Haaland <laughs> would have had a great chance from six or seven yards at the near post. Like, so City had. Um, like I said, they hadn't created loads and loads of chances, but it was a difficult game. And also, it was half time. I remember, I think it was after Haaland missed the penalty, I saw somebody tweet, We need a goal soon. I was like, Do you? It's, half, it's first half. Like, you don't need a goal soon. Like, this is the whole thing. But, like, it's not new either. Like, when we were, when we were talking about Mares and Grealish, like, midway through last season, I was like, Look, this is just how it has to be. You have to trust me. Like, this is, this is what Guardiola feels it needs to be. And we're going we're gonna to have to deal with it. It's hard. It's hard to kind of get that across and get people to understand that, and I, I appreciate fully why. Because it's halfway through the season, it doesn't look like they're going to win the league. It doesn't look like there's going to be any consistency, and it's not especially good to watch. But like, if you tie how last season ended in with the two seasons before that, and we know how Guardiola wants it to work, we know how it worked with the false nine. We know they tweaked it a bit with Haaland. It's just how it is. And going back to my analogy about Liverpool, and you know, if you had insecurities coming into this season, like there's that. Is there, is there no credit in the bank about how good City are and how they win games? And can be, yeah. Can, can be and are, but also like I'm not even I'm not even saying oh it was a shit performance, but it's normal. Like it was a really really good performance. Like in those circumstances, like there's so many things that that people don't um, necessarily get, and I, I don't even mean like um, some City fans thinking the performance is bad or whatever. But I just even just people watching the game, like because I obviously wrote an article saying that was a really good performance. But I'm sure there'd be people if they read it who weren't City fans. They'd be like, "Oh well, you know they need a last minute goal to beat Sheffield United, or they didn't. You know they look slow or whatever like that. If they look, sorry, if they look slow, they're supposed to. Like that's generally how it's supposed to go. Like, yeah. It's supposed to be slow. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be patient. They're supposed to be stable. Coming up after a short ad break, we'll continue to talk about how City got past Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. See you then. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Sheffield United weren't going into that game going, you know what, we're going to try and pass City off the park. And very few teams are going to try and do that. But at the same time, there are so, there, there's kind of a sliding scale of how defensive teams will be. And you can fully understand Sheffield United getting 11 players behind the ball and making it as difficult as they can. And you're not, like, the City aren't just suddenly going to be able to flick a switch and stretch that game because Sheffield United are intending for it to not be stretched. Yeah, there was a there was a comment on the on my article on The Athletic this morning. They were like, we should save the powers of powers of control games for um for the for like for the bigger opponents and it was like this is exactly what the powers of powers control games are for. Um again talk about the little the little moments like they got their corner. I can't remember when they got their corner but it was City were already winning one nil. So it was last twenty minutes. And like it was proper like, yeah come on, you know that that stuff that like Nedham's spoken about on on detail shows and shows other shows we've done in the past. Like and it's you realise when you go to grounds like that and how like up the crowd get for moments like that. Do you know how important it is for them not to have those moments at all? Yeah. And, uh, the best example of that was Bournemouth game years ago. I remember. So speaking about this being the last three years, but you know that Bournemouth game in the running in eighteen nineteen. Yeah, Mara's only won 1-0. Mara scored. And that was a bit of a scrappy goal. But Bournemouth didn't even have a corner. They didn't have a shot. Did they? They didn't have a shot at all, did they? Let alone they didn't have a shot, a shot at all. It was, it was something ridiculous, like uh, like zero touches in City's box and like 15 touches in City's half. It was really yeah. like, like barely got out their own half all game. And that's it. But So then you've got the combination of like the, the, the home fans will be obviously, just, you just get frustrated because you turn up to see a game of football and you, your team just aren't even touching the ball. I mean, they were singing Premier League corrupt as fuck, but they started singing that after City didn't get that penalty when they, when they had the two guys on Haaland. And I, I wasn't convinced that was a penalty. I know loads of people listening to this will think it was definitely a penalty. But I was like, well, Haaland was pulling the shirt a bit as well. I know there was some wrestling, but like I could see why it wasn't given. But they were singing the Premier League corrupt as fuck. And I was like, if it was corrupt, they would have got that penalty. <laughs> like whether, whether it should have been a penalty or not, if it was corrupt, they would have given it. Like, what are you talking about? And then, like obviously, they were just so angry about everything. And then when they finally got like a free kick, a corner... That like helps generate momentum. And to be fair, if we're going to talk about City not being great, it wasn't up until the goal. It was after the goal. Um, obviously, the Walker back heel was very unusual because Walker was great overall, and he played his part in the in the winner, didn't he? Because he kept yeah, yeah. that ball in brilliantly. Um, Twice he actually he did was, it. He did it beforehand as well for the Foden to Alvarez chance as well. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, oh God, was that when? Was that when like there was a corner? It went all the way across, and their left winger. Oh God, I can't remember it. Somehow kept it in by falling. Someone yeah. kept it in, but like <laughs> fell over and it nearly went out. And then it was like, would have been a corner. But then, yeah, I think City managed to recycle it. Um, but again, talking about the little things and like the importance of stopping those corners and stuff and things like that, that just, 
the little things that helped keep City on the attack and the little things that actually do stop counterattacks and do stop, you know, if those counterattacks lead to corners or whatever. Diaz was so good at that. There was one... Oh, I can't remember what it was in the build-up to. Um, but there was one in the first half when I was like, oh, he's got a decision to make here because he was quite high um, in the centre of the pitch as they were breaking. And he was like, he had to decide whether he was going to retreat or follow the guy over to City's kind of left-back area. And he went over and he won it. And he won it really cleanly. Not even like slide tackle, put out for a throw in, they've got the ball, won it really clearly and they just carried on. But there was one in the second half that was so good. And he won the ball probably about 30, 35 yards from their goal. And it was just completely under the radar. Like the commentator didn't even like notice it really. Or, well, they obviously noticed it, but didn't say it, didn't acknowledge it. And it, it's just so easy for that to go under the radar. And there's just so many little things like that. And that's why that performance is so good. And you know when, we always go back to this point, but when Guardiola always used to say, oh yeah, I know I'm a failure because we didn't win this. And if we don't win the Champions League here, then I'll be a failure or whatever. But he knows how difficult it is because he sees all those little details, obviously in training that we can't see and the effort and the problems they have and just how they got to get over fatigue or whatever it may be, you know, problems in the dressing room, fights in the dressing room, arguments, whatever, all this kind of stuff. But like, there's, there's so many little things on the pitch as well that just get taken for granted. And like, I thought Diaz was great at that yesterday. Like I was... I gave a lift to another journalist and he had to do player ratings and he was like, did you used to do them? I was like, I did, yeah, but like it, so long ago now, I can't really remember. And I was, I probably would have done something mad. Like I'd have ended up giving Diaz like the highest rating or something. But I was speaking to a mate last night and he said him and his lad thought um, Diaz was man of the match. I was like, he was fucking brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, and that block, that block in the second half. I am disappointed that, that he's not spell. put that on Instagram, you know. I did say Has he, he would. not? No, I thought he would. It's I thought Monday that morning, moment no, would be on Instagram and it's not. Okay, um, I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm going to keep refreshing his Instagram page. Yeah, as we he's go changed the, as we go through the show, just in case. And then, they're, they're, I mean, but fair play to him. I said I joked with Jack in pre-season. I was like, in terms of like city um, interviews, I was like they should track um, media reports on on players that journalists have spoken to during pre-season and see how favourable the coverage is compared to players we haven't spoken to. And like, it's just it's just so fickle. Like, oh, he's going to be with Diaz for 15 minutes. He's so good. But like, <laughs> he is fucking brilliant, isn't he? Like, he's playing. Like, I, I tweeted it yesterday. He's at the absolute top of his game. And that block, just perfect. Like, again, that was a proper kind of, everyone was like, oh, the crowd was up. They were screaming for like penalties or whatever. Oh, penalty. But like, he's just arms behind the back, shutting well, was- himself down like a kind of... Swan dive, amazing. Yeah, what was even better about it was, um, so I, it was either a corner or a free kick. I think it was a free kick because in the way I'm picturing it, the angle of the ball coming in was deeper. But Edison came for it. Corner, and, so. Yeah, Edison yes. came for it yeah, and yeah, punched yeah. it. But obviously, he like he, coming through a crowd of players, he's not got a, a, a massive connection on it. And like having punched it, he's then in, ended up on the floor and it's fallen straight to one of their lads to, to basically, yeah. he's got a chance to hit it at an, yeah. open, at an open goal. And Diaz is just like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm just going to get in the way of this. Arms behind yeah. me back, perfect, yeah. But um, that, that was it. You know, if we're talking about if there was a problem with City's performance, I genuinely don't think anything really, we, we can go into that the first half, ins and outs, but I don't think anything, there was a problem with anything at all until City went 1-0 up and then it just went a little bit ropey for a few minutes. But I suppose... A big example of it, and a, a big part of it, probably was was Edison there. Actually, thinking about it, I don't, I, you know, I don't, don't want it to sound like I'm singling him out, but there was that, wasn't it? He came for the for the cross, which was, I was thinking, if he'd done that in the Champions League final, it wouldn't have gone brilliantly. But obviously, the one in the Champions League final was amazing. The one yesterday, not so good. So that yeah. was the block. But then from that, I think City got the ball back and played it back to him, and that's when he did the bad clearance. 
And then oh, the guy yeah, had the shot yeah, from yeah. like 25 yards that went wide. Uh, but that was the kind of, oh, this is a little, a little bit ropey period. But that was, I think, I think that was probably about it. They had that kind of flurry. I don't, I can't remember where the corner fell. And then obviously they had, if we're talking about people contributing to like Sheffield United sustaining attacks and obviously Walker with the, with the weird back heel, um, which obviously he knew full well that he'd, he'd messed up for. Um, but oh God, again, going back to kind of some of the stuff that gets talked about around football matches, but also like City matches. Because I, I, I didn't see obviously on Sky because I was at the game, but apparently Sky was kind of suggesting oh, maybe they were lacking leadership because Pep wasn't there. And like somebody said to me yesterday, oh, would Walker have tried that back heel if Pep was there? I was like, maybe. Like, what are you on about? Like, at what point? I mean, look, I've never played the, I've never played football either, like to any standard. But like, at what point do you think like a split second decision is going to be influenced by who stood on the touchline? Oh, the manager's not on the touchline, so it's just like it's just mad. And but guaranteed, you know, if if they'd have drawn that game yesterday, it would have been the usual. It would have been the the reaction that there was after Forest, which was oh, what's going on with them? They didn't play very well when they, obviously they did. But throw in oh Guardiola wasn't there. What does this mean? Nothing. Yeah, I mean anything. They yeah. were great. And like, the, again, I spoke to somebody yesterday. They messaged me. They were like, oh, that was a close one. I was like, did you watch it? And they replied this morning saying, no, I'm just watching highlights now. I was like, well, the highlights make it look like they battered them. And they did batter them, but not like the highlights suggest. Because the highlights <laughs> looked like City were having clear chances every two minutes. But obviously the problem I think people were having was there was, what, two in the first half. Yeah. And then I think people were just annoyed then by how the first half had gone, frustrated by the missed penalty, kind of stewed on it by half time. So then by the time we got to like an hour in, and City was still nil-nil. I think a lot of people were just in a frame of mind where they were very annoyed about how the game was going. But the second half, they were really good. And they, they were much better than the first half. They were, create, they were creating more. Um, they looked better. They still had the control over the game where Sheffield United had nothing. They probably had less possession in the second half, the first 25 minutes or so, than they did in the whole of the first half. Um it was like that that Kovacic ball through again Kovacic finding Haaland um, that Fodderingham made a really good save for is that when that, Haaland that was a great it? that was yeah that was a great yeah. chance the, there was the one where Haaland the ball got cut across cut back from the right and Haaland kind of stabbed at it with his right foot and it kind of came off his shin but just went wide um, Rodri had a shot that just went wide and I, I get it I get why people were frustrated but I just think all the frustration of the first half and I think I think wrongly, but you know the the perception that they weren't playing well or that they weren't creating anything, kind of just added up to this kind of frenzy. Where by an hour in, I did see people saying maybe maybe you were one of them as well. I don't know, I can't remember. Maybe it was after, but I did see people on Twitter saying this is like the Forest game, and I was like, well, they haven't even scored yet. But like, it's if it's like the Forest game, then good because they were they were brilliant. Um, and yeah, the, the second half they were. They were very, very good. I thought, I thought maybe with the first half, because I mentioned it early on, you know, with Walker going right wing, Bernardo being inside, and then that was basically the front five, and that was against Sheffield United's back five. So I was like, mm. you're going to need Kovacic or Rodri to kind of make those runs, kind of beyond the lines, or like to at least get up and su- support them. And there wasn't a lot of that. Um, but then I was thinking, I, I was thinking at the end, maybe a little bit of that was. By design, and I'm I'm not sure I'm I'm not sure I'm right, but my thinking was, if you remember the Real Madrid away game, that you know City basically when they go away in the Champions League in Europe, it's like the old style English teams away from home digging in yeah. and coming away with a draw, but they just do it with the ball, 
And by some of the subtle ways you do that with the ball is when you've got a five against five and there's no superiority, you don't really commit John Stones forward. And in that game against Real Madrid, they didn't commit John Stones forward. And I think we have talked about this before. It's almost like Guardiola must have known that was going to be an issue, but chose not to do it because it kept them solid. Because if you've got Stones back there, it lessens the chance of a counter-attack. And if you're just trying to get out there without, get, without getting beaten, or if you're, going to get, if you're going to get beat, then lose 2-1 rather than 3-1 or 3-0 or whatever, then that's the safest way to go. And then obviously in the second leg, Stones was causing havoc, wasn't he? Yeah. He was cropping up everywhere. They didn't know what to do with him. And that I, f- I thought maybe that was a little bit of the difference because Kovacic seemed a bit higher in the second half as well. Although they were, because obviously Sheffield United was so pegged back, you know, Rodri and Kovacic were usually within 25 yards of their goal anyway. But just in terms of how they were used, I don't know, it seemed a bit different. But then after the game, Wanmar was kind of like... He was talking really ta- technically, but in Spanish as well. But he was saying like they had Bernardo and Alvarez, but he mentioned Grealish as well. He said they had to come out of the middle to to go back in. And he was, again, like if you knew what you were talking about fully. And, you know, if he was here, he'd be able to explain that. But And he was like, in the second half, we we managed to find them in space. And it didn't take us long to win the ball back. And then when we won the ball back, we found them. So, But again, I don't I don't know how they changed that. Uh, I don't. I don't know what difference that that would have made. Yeah. Um, but then I just think in the second half as well. There's just that. There's just that question sometimes of. There's just a bit more tempo and a bit more rhythm to it. But again, that's still fine for the first half. And I go back to that Brighton game from the run in a couple of years ago, when I get you know the, the pressure was on the game that City needed to win it, and City had been scoring early goals in a lot of the games. And I know there was the feeling that if City had messed up against a good team, then Liverpool would win the league and all this kind of stuff. But there was so many people concerned at half time I was like, it's the first half like that as a first half is fine and again to go back to the Real Madrid analogy that was the first leg it's okay to be like that after the first leg yeah. and it's okay to it's... be yesterday how it was after the first half because they they weren't down they were in control of the game they'd been creating chances and because I, I I messaged Nadam about it and he wasn't watching and, and he was I need your opinions later I was like well I think everyone's pissed off with it but I actually think it's quite good and yeah. I was like 45 minutes more of this they'll be absolutely fine I think look, I, it was I closer think than it should have been in the end but yeah. it was absolutely fine they should have they should have won 3-0 in the second but half I, I think it's the difference between um, uh, kind of early years Guardiola at City and lesser years Guardiola at City it's like it's it's that knowledge and understanding of setting the tempo of the game and I think it's Nadam that spoke about it on one of the details shows about like it's like even if you create absolutely nothing zero zilch in that in the first kind of 20 25 minutes or so it's about making sure that the other team know that they are staying in their own half and that they are that they're stuck in there and that they can't get out and yeah. you, you've got to give them that feeling of having their backs against the wall because you look at, at the way that Sheffield United started the second half they or they started it 10 yards deeper than the, than they started the first half and so that mm. like, the pattern of the game was already set and it was set in a way that was just like well at some point, we are going to create a chance that we will score. And then they did it, what was it, about 65 minutes with Haaland? Yeah, and yeah well, sure I mean, they, they conceded the equaliser. But it was st- like the equaliser was one attack in like a 45-minute period. And then City, the, the, the tempo was still set for City to go back down the other end and go, OK, well, we'll create three more chances and score one of them. Yeah. And I mean, look, if even if that in that hypothetical situation, I'm sure it's actually happened, well, it definitely has. I just can't think of specific examples. But in the first half when, you know, City have established the pattern of the game, but they haven't created anything. Okay, like they obviously need to improve on that. We're not saying that that's great, but there's a lot of things that are still good with that, like you said, you know, establishing that control over the game. 
but it's because it's the first half. Like, okay, you might need to improve on that in the second half, but that's fine. That's what the that's what second halves are for. You don't have to win a game in the first half. Yeah, when and teams like, are tired the, as well, and things like that, things are, are yeah. harder. Yeah, and City were City were well, Guardiola particularly would be happier with it being nil nil at half time. And then obviously you talked then in that hypothetical example about even if it just takes one chance, but that's that's normally he'd be more happy with that in tougher games. I mean, Sheffield United was a tough game. Like the the way that they just just, just dig in and look look for counterattacks, that is a tough game. Um but yeah, if you go into oh, I'm trying to think of well, Atletico Madrid basically. Atletico Madrid home or away. It might only be one chance. But you've just got you just got to keep doing what you're doing and know it might not be a great watch because if it is a fun watch, it's probably going wrong. Like that Newcastle away game last year. Um so yeah, like it was it was very good. It was very good. And again, Juan Mar was, was saying, you know, there were, it was basically like the, the, with the opposition and how, how good they were in terms of what they were doing, it gives more value to what our players did. And again, I think that's something that goes under the radar because you look at it as Sheffield United. And look, Sheffield United will get beat at home 6-0 by somebody this year. And you could go, oh, why didn't City do that? And okay, maybe, maybe like if City went flying at them um, and, and made it an open game, then it would be 4-2, 4-1, 4-3, 4-1, I don't know. Maybe City would lose 2-1, I don't know. And like, But, you know, obviously City have got the better players. They've got, if you've got, if Sheffield United are attacking and then you can get Haaland on the break going the other way, then you're probably going to be all right. And, okay, fine. You know, maybe that is um, a more fun way of doing it. But, like, is there any point in wondering, oh, could it be a bit more fun? Like, fucking hell. Three titles in a row, won the treble. Like, there's, there's no point. If last season had have carried on, how it was going up until the end of that Forest game, then we could sit here now and say, oh, you know what, it's not really, it's not really achieving anything anymore. So maybe it would be a bit, bit more fun to, to have a different manager in, um, or a different style, or you know, in a, in an ideal world, maybe Guardiola shakes it up and and we wants Gavin to, Keegan, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, the the reason I kind of stuttered on that was because I was thinking, well, how much can you do that if a team just wants to sit back? And obviously, you can. But if you if you are just taking more shots and forcing more things, then they would like to counter attack more often, and the would the game would become more open. But he just doesn't want it to become more open. But I don't feel like I need to defend him or speak about the virtues of the games being closed and controlled because look where it's got you. Um, but also, like I wanted to, I was going to make a point, and I probably should still do it because I was going to make the point before the Brighton game against West Ham on Saturday, that I'm increasingly convinced that De Zerbi's going to be the next City manager. Just for no, no, not based on info. I just just think he will be. Just based on, you know, how they get on and how he's so good and how he improves players and, you know, their their tactical systems are so defined and it's it's very similar enough to City and the way they want to do things. It just makes sense. Nadim was saying he doesn't think the timing would work, but I think if Pep does leave at the end of next season, so it's got this season and then the one after, that probably feels right to me. But he was saying it doesn't feel right to him and he doesn't think the Zerbi were there that long or whatever. So I don't know. But it's interesting actually because obviously they lost and like that's, you know, that's football. You know, we saw we all saw the kind of screenshots on Twitter over the weekend about them having 88% possession but losing 1-0 and all that kind of stuff. But... Screams West Ham kind that, of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But West Ham also showed... Um, what can happen if you just like dig in and stay rigid and and compact and just hit on the break? And that's a very exaggerated example of that. And look, City have got better players than Brighton, so you'd expect 
better outcomes and more solutions um, against low blocks like that. But it did. It, that does highlight how difficult it is to play against teams like that. And in football, you can lose three nil and be the better team by a mile. That can happen. But also, just going back to my original Deserby point, there's there's been a bit of criticism, not over the top, but just highlighting that as much as he's a great coach, he doesn't always have great solutions against a low block. And then that made me think, oh, okay, well, in terms of next City manager, that's not ideal, is it? That is not ideal. But also, it just goes to show all these things that fly under the radar because you look at it and go, well, Sheffield United away, City should be beating them because their squad cost four jillion quid. You know, yeah, but what's the setup? How how easy is it to attack when there's no spaces? Which was some, yeah. something one Mar said a few times. But then you just think, he's always finding those solutions. And okay, he's got the better players, but the better players aren't guaranteed to find those solutions if you're not telling them what to do properly. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. Uh, there's more for members, isn't there, Sam? What's, uh, what are we talking about for members this week? Yeah, there is. There's Grealish and the idea of credit in the bank or otherwise. Foden, how he may have changed the game or may not, which leads into some pretty deep... Um, Mooney chat and a bit more on Julian Alvarez as well that's all for members uh, those ad free episodes they're longer and they're out earlier you can find out more on lmtpod.com if you want to send us an email it's hello at lmtpod.com we're also on Twitter Instagram and TikTok so just search for lmtpod on there thank you very much for listening we will see you next time if you could, what if you